One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, there we go. The Ange train, bus, whatever, vehicle rolls forwards. Goes on and on and on. The international break hasn't halted our momentum. It hasn't in any way stopped us from, well, exactly that. Hasn't stopped our momentum. We've carried on going exactly the same way we were going prior to the international break. And that is straight to the top of the table. It's just quite mad, isn't it, at this point? It's quite mad. Um... Raj put it best, I think, on Twitter when he said that that was a game where we easily could have been about 10-0 up or we could have drawn it 1-1. That was after the first half. And yeah, I I saw some of his point there. I think by the end of the game, though, um, we were pretty much fully in command of that, weren't we? We 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 were strong. We were all over that, I feel. Um, and there's a there's a level of confidence now that you can tell is running through the side um, that is bleeding through into the fan base now because I feel it and the way I see a lot of people talk on Twitter and everything like that everybody else seems to feel it that we're a good side we're a really good side um, we're solid we're organised we're aggressive in our press we're well drilled we're technically very competent this is last year I was moaning about the fact we've got so few players that can just kick a ball about cleanly crisply we've got so many players all over the pitch that do that now some of the passages of play that you saw unfold all over the uh, all over the park today were absolutely beautiful some of those interchanges were just sensational. Um, obviously, I'll go through all the players in the second half of the pod, but up front, a couple of early, early shout-outs. James Madison, again, ridiculous, ridiculous player. Vicario, seriously, seriously. Um, I've said on here, probably, you know, it's hard to keep track of what you say when you do podcasts, you know, and I repeat myself at the best of times. But Alison Becker, to me, is one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen, if not the best. He's probably the only goalkeeper, in terms of talent, I take over Vicario hands down right now. But in terms of vibes, all the rest of it, I don't take anyone over Vicario. He obviously loves Tottenham. He's a Tottenham man. He's, you know, he's unbelievable. I've got a comment here. Like I said before, I'm, uh, I stream these on YouTube now. So if you don't want to wait for an hour or so after they've uploaded and everything like that. You can watch them live on YouTube. And Nathaniel Hart Anderson says, some will say we were lucky with our goals, but surely our press deserves some of the credit for winning the ball high up the pitch. And I agree completely. I agree. I mean, and this is it. Like Alan Smith, we we have to suffer Alan Smith in the UK at least. Ex-Arsenal player. Quite clearly isn't a massive fan of of Tottenham at all, um, who w- will try his hardest to just, you know, 
piss on whatever Spurs are doing all the time. And we've had this half him saying, I think Vicario saved, I mean, Vicario's brilliant save in the second half, didn't have much to do. Spurs should be able to push for top five this season. I mean, I don't know why we have to suffer this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems to be that after every game we play, after every good result we have, there's always a reason why we're just lucky. And a lot of this, I, I know, a lot of this is coming from Arsenal fans. A lot of this is coming from Liverpool fans who choose to just detest Tottenham most of the time. Um, they say we force a rivalry. I think it's completely the other way around. And there always seems to be this desperation to say that Spurs are lucky. Spurs are somehow not deserving. But here we are, you know. We we were told we were told before this game. Here's a prime example of this. I was I was we were told before this game there was this old video of troops doing around troops. Everybody knows troops, and yes, uh, shock horror. Troops doesn't give a nuanced and particularly balanced opinion towards Tottenham Hotspur. I understand this. I know the game he's playing. Everybody does, right? I get it. But at the same time, his words are out there, and he's talking about how Tottenham have had it easy this season. Well. We've just beaten Fulham at home. Arsenal didn't do that, did they? So, you know, when's it easy and when's it not? I'm just going to check now. I'm just fact-checking myself there. I'm pretty sure Arsenal drew. Arsenal drew at home with Fulham this year, right? Didn't they? Didn't they? Otherwise, I look like a right wally now. Yeah, they did. 2-2. I thought so. So, you know, when's it easy? When? When? when, when where's this luck coming from for Spurs then? Now, that's 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 a comparable fixture we got there. We've gone to the Emirates when we've been told we're going to be walked all over, we're going to be taught a lesson, all this type of thing, right? And we've gone there and we've done a job. We've waltzed through their team on two occasions, scored goals. Sonny's been absolutely magnificent in that game. They've, you know, we've kept them largely under wraps. They've managed to hit us with, you know, what is it, a deflected goal and a penalty, right? Great, well done. But we've been told we're lucky, right? This, the wheels are going to fall off of this. But we talk about squad depth. Yep, that is a genuine concern. That's something I very much feel. But we play one game a week for the most part of the season. Well, yeah, we will do FA Cup. It's not midweek, is it? Unless, I think, unless there's a replay. Chances are we won't be playing any midweek games uh, this this season. One game a week. Yes, our squad is not ideal. Yes, every time, like, I mean, a doggy going off, not ideal. I winced somewhat um, when you see kind of Romero going down in international break. When I think about Van der Ven getting an injury, not pleasant. Who do we have to sort of walk into these places? Don't know. We don't know what Ashley Phillips is like. Eric Dyer is not very well suited to this system whatsoever. So, yes, there, there is a lingering concern there about our squad depth, but. As long as this first team stays playing, what's the issue? Like We're playing some brilliant football. We're getting results. We're top of the table. We've got one of the best goal differences in the Premier League now. It's hunky-dory, hunky isn't it? Um, the uh, Someone else, Jews Nuts, is saying, I saw the second half wasn't too impressed Sloppy in parts, Vicario was awesome. Yeah, the second, I mean, it's its true. The second half, it's, it's funny. It felt almost like both sides couldn't really be asked. I think like Spurs looked sloppy, but 
Fulham looked all over the shop as well. Um, I don't know if the pitch was particularly wet. I don't know if everyone was particularly tired because it was back from international break. Don't know if it's because it's a Monday evening. It's a weird game, right? The mon- Monday night football is weird. It's one of these weird introductions from Sky that I don't get. It's shit for fans in attendance. It's probably shit for players. You know, it's just a weird. It's a weird time. Like I would, I would have. I was gagging to watch Tottenham yesterday. Sunday. It was a nice sunny Sunday. I would have loved it. But here we are, Monday evening. We got it. And we got bloody. Friday game as well, which is is a weird, another weird creation. Um, but is what it is. We we deal with that. We we roll with the punches. And yeah, I agree. The second half we weren't great, but neither were Fulham. And we did the job, didn't we? We did the job. Could have been a bit more clinical. Um, and I'll get onto that when I'm talking about players. But all is looking good. All is looking good. Um, Sj Rapido saying of uh of Vicario born to play for Tottenham best goalkeeper in London um yeah I think so David Rye this weekend David Rye good goalkeeper a lot of us were very upset to miss out on him but I'm not anymore um was talking to Jack on on one of the Patreon pods Jack Gallagher big you know he watches a lot of Syria he's one of these people that actually watches Syria not doesn't just pretend to um, Juventus fan, he was saying that you know a lot of, a lot of the top Italian clubs will be bitterly disappointed to have missed out on Vicario actually that they didn't they didn't go in for him, um, and you can see why right, you can see why probably a lot more Premier League teams as well will be looking at him thinking, Jesus Spurs have got a player there. Um, I I'd be interested to know if anybody in our scouting team is uh was expecting Kyrie to be quite as good as he has turned out to be um because he's 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 astonishing he's astonishing and i think the there's just like i say there's just a solidity to this team it's defensively as well and i i was going to tweet out in the first half like what have we done to deserve this defense and i guess well it's because for the past few years we've watched Sessignon, Oria, Sanchez, Dyer like these players like consistently undo the brilliant work that the likes of Kane, Son, even Ericsson before he went, whoever else up top for Spurs, undoing the hard work, the the great kind of we we saw it time after time after time under Mourinho, under Conte, individual areas in the defensive capacity, undoing hard work, good results that we were on the verge of getting. And yeah, if you know, I'm not going to revise history on that. Mourinho and Conte both played a style of football that invited pressure onto a defence that was one of the weakest areas, you know, areas of our team. But still, now, where we wonder what we've done to deserve a defence like we've got right now, it's suffering, suffering for the past, relatively speaking, suffering for the past few years as Spurs fans watching. The the drab football we have done, watching the frustrating individual errors, the mistakes that would cost us games, that now we're seeing. I mean, what was it? Wilson kept getting, he kept managing to break through our high press, and because he had that pace to burn into space, but still, everybody just did their jobs, and you can tell that Ange obviously plays with this 
hyper aggressive high line where they will be expected to get back and do a shift at a drop of a hat you know other teams will counter against us and this is something we were worried about at the start of the season with Ange Postacoglu's football but it feels like the team is so well drilled for these situations it's full on action stations you saw players like Emerson Royale who is a bit part player this season but will drop in like he did today and do a great job I thought Emerson was great today when he came on really really good really strong you know was, was formed a perfect part of that defence managed to get that great block on us I, I spoke about Wilson who managed to break through who you know maybe if it was a better player we would have been in a bit more trouble but still plenty of space bags of time and everybody got back and managed to cover it well Van der Ven is a revelation it just there's something and I, I'm I am going to sound like a broken record from these other podcasts that we've done so far this season but there is something special happening at Tottenham right now there really is there's something special and I don't we don't need to be ashamed to say this we don't need to worry about other fans of other clubs finding old clips like this or finding old tweets of yours where you've been happy and you've been enjoying football at the end of the season if we don't win the league. If Man City win the league and Spurs bottle it because we only finished second or something like that. Don't let the people take... Don't let don't let that stuff be like a thief of your joy. Like, what we're doing right now is brilliant and you can be loud and proud about it. We're top of the league and people are desperate to take away from that now. They're clamouring to do that. And the thing is, that's when you know you are a good team, when they're doing that. Because if you're not a good team, what you get is, oh, Spurs are doing all right. Yeah, actually Spurs are doing all right. Well well done to them, well done to them. Um, I mean, you know, we expect to see it come the end of the season, blah, blah, blah. And then, then the excuses come. Then the reasons why Spurs aren't going to do it stand. But when they meet you with this animosity that we have now, when they meet you with the calls of us being cheats, Liverpool calling us cheats, when it wasn't even a it wasn't a decision that went Spurs' way or anything, it was incompetence from the from the fourth officials, or the match day officials we'll say, you know? Like we get called cheats, we get called whatever else by Arsenal fans or whoever, the wider parts of the media, Alan Smith. Whoever wants to say whatever they want about Spurs right now, don't listen to it. Don't let that take away from it. Because what's the point of it? What's the point of following football if you if you're going to be scared to just be to revel in it when your team's doing well? That's what we are. Completely like as I've got here in one of the comments is just enjoying the ride. These last four years have been miserable. They have been. I completely agree. You know. Let's just enjoy this ride. Let's be loud and proud about it. I know we all like to have a joke. Can we? Will we win the league? It doesn't really matter at the moment. Because what matters at the moment is I've been buzzing all weekend to watch Spurs tonight. And I've been gutted about the fact we haven't been able to watch it sooner. And that's just great, isn't it? It's great to be in a place again where we're enjoying watching our team. That it doesn't feel like a chore. That it doesn't feel like one of those things where you actually ask yourself the question, am I that bothered about watching Spurs today, tonight, this afternoon? Maybe I'll just go to the cinema. Maybe I'll go to the pub instead, see my mates. Maybe I'll, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Whatever other plans I could be doing when I'm watching football. 
because that's what the last few years has been for us, right? It's been like Spurs are on, oh, I better watch. I better watch. Not because we want to, really. Not because we're desperate to see kind of what the team's doing. And yeah, you know, I, I know we've had little patches where we've been all right. So it's not as, you know, this is probably slightly dramatic. But still, let's be honest, for the most part, it's been pretty arduous. And now, it's great. We play with verve, we play with tenacity, we're chasing every single game, trying to win every single game. Ange Postacoglu isn't sending us into games saying, let's try and get a draw here. You know? He's, he has got a group of players, a core of individuals who are wired in a way that they want to win. They're not happy to draw. They're not happy to be this Spursy meme that doesn't win, that just falters when everybody expects them to. I mean, let's hope not. Let's definitely hope not. It's early days to be saying that. But so far, at least, in the tests we've had, we've done our end of the bargain. You can say whatever you want about the fortuitous circumstances in which we won the game against Liverpool. But when all is said and done... We put ourselves in a position to win that game, to take advantage of it, right? Just because, yeah, okay, a couple of decisions went favourably to us. Can't deny that. However, we limited Liverpool's opportunities and we seized our own. And we continued to put pressure on them until the end, till the very end. And then they ended up scoring an own goal. That was because we sent wave after wave after wave of attacks at them. And kept going at them. You can say whatever you want about however many men they got. That's their problem. That's their own ill-discipline that led to that. There's nothing wrong in those decisions. Those weren't favourable decisions. They were right. They got two red cards because, like I say, they played with ill-discipline. And that's football. That's what happens. Like, the rules aren't different for Tottenham. Like, another team getting red cards against us doesn't mean anything significant because it's happened to Tottenham and we're top of the table. That's Liverpool trying to stop us because we're playing so well. And it's resulted in two red cards to them. And it gets tied into the narrative of the offside call because people want to make out again that there's some big thing going on. That This just this nonsense that Tottenham are the darlings, Tottenham are the media darlings. We are routinely ridiculed by everyone. We had the FA Cup's official account ridiculing us a couple of seasons ago, ridiculing Harry Kane. We've had the Premier League all throughout this international break posting up their own table if VAR didn't exist and if the table was decided by XG. All this type of stuff. Just put the Premier League table up, Premier League, and it will show you Tottenham are number one. We're not joint first, we're first. Now we're definitely not joint first because we're two points clear at the top of the table. So, you know... People can say what they want. People can say what they want about us having easy games, but we're winning them. And I know it's one of those old cliches, but you can only win the game. You can only beat who's in front of you, right? And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing for the most part. We're keeping up our end of the bargain. So what is it? What is it? You know, how does this work? How? How? Do, please tell me how this differs for Tottenham. So our our wins because they've come against Luton or whoever else. They count for less when it's Tottenham doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Please, please.
Please explain to me. Please explain to me. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting, but, you know, for somebody... I know I keep saying I'm not rattled by what opposition fans are saying. I do I do realise that I uh, I sound completely rattled here. Um, and maybe I am, but it's it's a sense it's a it's a defiance, not a uh, not a rattling as such. I hope not anyway. Um, because you know, I just think that we're brilliant. And I feel really confident going into pretty much every single game right now that Spurs are going to at least, number one, put on a good show. Like, try and win games. Oh, what are you up to, Dot? Dot the cat there. Cool. If you want to. Bloody cat. Interrupting. Interrupting things. Doesn't she know how important this podcast is? Right? Number one, Spurs are going to put on a good show. We're going to try and win the games. We're going to show a a sense of team spirit, of togetherness that's not been there for quite some time. This kind of, this battling, I don't know, core that we've got is exciting. Um... And yeah, we don't know. We don't know where this leads to. And let's not make any like big... I know, can we, will we? Let's not make any like big actual real calls about this, about where this goes. Let's continue to enjoy this and just see what happens. But, I mean, you know, we might. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, oh, it's uh, it's good to be back in this place. You know what? I don't know like how many of you will remember. I mean, no, nah, none of you will be that young. I don't think anybody listened to this. So most of us will remember when we were good. We were obviously getting good under Martin Yole, but I think it was under Redknapp when, for the first time in my life, Spurs were like properly good. Like we were a properly good side under Redknapp, and we were winning the type of games that we didn't usually win. We were going into matches with a sense of confidence. We were fighting in the big games. It helped that we had players like Gareth Bale, Luka Modric, Ledley King, Rafa Van der Vaart, um, you know, William Gallas. Even list goes on. Um, but Aaron Lennon, Sandro. Palacios, lots of very good players, but it was one of the first times in my life when I can remember thinking like, Spurs are good, and also leaving games like that was that was a period when I I went to like before then and coming into then as well. That was a period when I was probably going to Spurs the most in my life, going to every single home game, um, and I remember leaving the ground every single game thinking who is this team who is this team I've just watched this is like I can't believe Spurs can be this side and I don't have that same sense of like I'm not as awestruck by this right I'm not as awestruck because we've been here we've been this good but what it is like it's nice to be like 
you know, we've had a few years. We've had our kind of down period of just going out in trackies and that and not really being asked. That's our kind of lockdown era, right? And now we're back into like getting back into our nice clothes again. We're going out feeling a bit more confident. We want to look good. We want to feel good. And that's kind of where Spurs are again now. You know, looking in the back of the cupboard, you've got, you know, like I say, get all your nice garments on and go out and show people what you're about, you know? It's kind of where Spurs are at. We remember what it's like. It's nice to be in this place. It's nice to be in a place where we're not ridiculous, you know? And yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Come the end of the season, we know how the narrative goes. If Spurs now don't win the league, troll football, all of it will say, blah, 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 Tottenham were top of the league for this amount of time and then they bottled it. And we know this. We know this stuff. It's boring. Does it, like, aren't we immune to this now? Because I certainly feel it. I feel it. And I know I'm going on about it now, which some people will say, well, that means you don't, it does bother you. Of course it bothers you on a certain level, but... In terms of like, does it does it like, does it feel mortally wounding? Does it feel so embarrassing or terrible? No, it doesn't. It's just a bit irritating. It's just a bit. It, it, I tell you why it rattles me is because it feels irritating. It feels like the the narrative, all this sort of thing about us being, you know, whatever we are, bottlers and all this type of stuff. It's just forced. It's forced and it's boring. Um, and you know, it, it will continue until Spurs do go and win a Premier League title. If we can do that or not, who knows? But, you know, we've got to hope that we can because what's the point of not, you know? What's the point of being a football fan, of following any football team if you don't want to dream that one day? I'm sure there's even fans that support bloody conference teams, League One teams, whatever, that still in the back of their heads are thinking, do you know what? Be class if we won the Premier League one day. I'm sure it's a thing. I'm sure that is a thing. And why not? Like, why not? Don't, don't take on board all of the kind of, like I say, I'm going to repeat myself, but don't take on board all the troll football stuff, the Arsenal, the troops, whoever. Whatever they want to say, let them say what they want to say. We know... We are good. This is a good team. We are playing good football. There's a good mentality. There is a unity to this squad. And they are they are unbelievable. They are showing people what they're made of right now. And, uh, I mean, come on, you Spurs. Isn't it? Um, let's, uh, let's do the players. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm going around in circles now. I'm going around in circles. 2-0 to Tottenham. We've beaten Fulham. Fantastic. I mean, it's just it's it's just lovely. I I, I thought we'd beat Fulham. I predicted 3-0. I thought it would be a comfortable win, and I do think it was a comfortable win. Um so I'm not pumped with that adrenaline of doing this, but this is a nice, calm place to be. This is kind of my point. It's like this is it's remembering that we've been in this place before. It's remembering being that we've, we've been this good before, right? And we can be calm. We can just enjoy watching our team knocking the ball about without thinking, ah, no, we're going to lose this come the end, right? 
Yes, Dennis Feed grade. Quiz, I agree, lad. Um, let's, uh, let's have a look at the players. Let's have a look. All right. Tottenham. Fulham. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, lineups. We've got to start with Vicario, haven't we? We've got to start with Vicario. I mean... I think there's people are starting, they're starting now to wake up to a bit. I've started to see a few, I don't know if anybody saw it, there's that Man United, big Twitter Man United account. I don't know what his actual name is or what their name is. Um, but they posted like the top 10 Premier League goalkeepers and like put Anana as like number two. They were clearly, it was clearly bait. They were clearly fishing. And they put Vicario down in about seventh or eighth or something like that. And most of the replies to this thread were not just from Tottenham fans, were from all sorts of fans, like talking Liverpool fans, City fans, all of them, all being like, what are you on about with the Tottenham keeper? He's brilliant. All of them, so many different fans from different clubs were all saying the Tottenham keeper is is like, is something else, is a brilliant player. And I think we've all been saying that since what, the second, third game of the season now, when I think the penny dropped for most of us. There are a few naysayers, myself included, that thought it wasn't that good against Brentford, it wasn't that good in pre-season. But then the penny dropped and I shut up straight away after that because he was he was and has been unbelievable now. I mean, we've had, we've had in this game now an outstretched fingertip save. We've had the save that... Like I say, Alan Smith tried to make out. was easy. It wasn't. Vicario's body weight was shifting one way. He managed to get down low, palm the shot out. So two great saves there. His overall commanding presence within the box, the way he, as I say, when he comes up for a corner, just plucks the ball out the air. The way he's not somebody that's kind of flapping, running through a crowd and trying to punch it like Luis. I... Hugo Lloris, loyal club servant, 10 years, club captain. One of the most freakish shot stoppers I've ever seen in my life out of any goalkeeper. For a goalkeeper who's relatively small, the way he could dive around his goal and make those fingertip saves, unbelievable. Unbelievable freak of nature. But at the same time, Hugo Lloris always used to flap in the air. His playing out was awful. His kicking 
awful consistently. And we said this to years and we said, look, we give him a pass because it's Hugo. Now we've got a player that can play. He can kick the ball about. He can come. He can claim crosses. He can just pluck the ball out of the air. He's massive. He's He's agile. He's he's got the lot. I cannot like. I honestly cannot believe this is our goalkeeper. I can't believe we've actually gone from Larice to this fella because I thought there was going to be a bit of a hellish period where Vicario might not have even been the guy. We see how difficult it is to to replace goalkeepers. We saw how difficult it's been for you know clubs like Manchester United for Arsenal. Look at Arsenal. How many goalkeepers they've gone through. On David Raya, I dare say they'll be on another goalkeeper soon enough because David Raya, you know. Um, but with Vicario, he is so solid. He's so solid. I I can't I can't believe it. I cannot I I just can't get over it. I can't get over how fantastic he is. I really, you know, I don't know what more I can say. Like on 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 him because he's he's a sensational sensational player. Um, he, I mean, let's just hope he is our goalkeeper for many many years to come. Um, he's what is he? he's twenty seven, which young for a keeper. Um, so we should have him for a few years. I think. I hope. Um, let's just hope somebody like Real Madrid doesn't get. Uh, doesn't get itchy because I think he is he's he's good um oh this is funny somebody called Riley Jones says he's bad well I don't think so Riley Jones um oh and Spurs bottle so yeah you're obviously not a Spurs fan interesting interesting choice interesting way to spend your evening watching a Spurs fan happy about Tottenham beating Fulham but here we are top of the league mate so that means your team isn't. Um, Destiny, a doggy. Annoying to see him go off, but up until that point, I mean, he's he's brilliant, isn't he? He's he's brilliant. He's another one, like with Vicario, like with Van der Ven, they all sort of fall into this little kind of group of players that are the young, promising signings that have just been ready to go from the off and are brilliant. And all of them, I don't think anybody was expecting to be as good as they are because they're all just unreal. A doggy's unbelievable. We saw him during that international break against England. I think a, a lot of people there started to realise neutrals at least. I saw again, that was one of those things on Twitter, people being like, that Tottenham left back is unbelievable. I saw, um, I think... No, I, I saw, sorry, I stand correct. I saw Liverpool fans talking about Van de Ven. I hadn't realised that Liverpool had been hugely linked with Van de Ven for a long time um, and didn't get the deal done because I saw a lot of Liverpool fans talking about Van de Ven after the international break being like, why, why didn't we get that one done? We really dropped the ball there. Um, but I'm sure there'll, there'll be people think, feeling that about a doggy. Um I think Manchester City may be having a doggy size space in their team. But for now, why is he going to leave Spurs? Why is he going to leave Spurs when he's guaranteed first team football? He's playing, he's becoming part of this change of this core group of players who all clearly feel like they can they can win something, you know? 
Um, and he can be a big part of that because he's, I just, I can't believe he's what, 20 years old. I can't believe he's 20 years old. Like it's mad. It's mad. He plays with this, the, like the maturity and the authority of a player, you know, 10 years older than he is now. He's, I don't know. He's uh he's, he's an unbelievable player, but it's just, I'm, I'm guessing we took him off as a precautionary measure. He uh, he went down for a bit, didn't he? I think in the first half, he got that rough tackle from Palinia, who, I, I mean, Palinia, I don't know how. Did he go through the entire game without a yellow card in the end? He did. He, Palinia didn't get booked that whole game. Um, and I can't believe it because he was an absolute shithouse today. Um, pardon my language, but he was. He was, uh, I, I don't know how he got away with that. I don't know how he got away with that one. Um, so maybe your doggy's just carrying a bit of a knock from that one because it looked like a bit of a rough tackle. Um, hopefully he will be all right though, all right for Friday because he's pretty essential, isn't he? But in saying that, Emerson Royale did a very good job when he came on. Mickey van der Ven, again, running out of superlatives for the lad. The, the confidence he gives us to play in as advanced away as we do with the high line that we do to put the pressure on to press in the way that we do is worth <laughs> worth twice at least what we paid for him he's he's like our secret weapon that isn't secret you know maybe he's just our weapon just that sounds like you're insulting him doesn't it call him mickey van der Ven a weapon all right it's not that it's a good weapon a good one um He's he's an astonishing player. And he actually won a few of his aerial duels today. At least, I mean, I, okay. Stats nerds, you can let me know if they actually counted. But I'm, I'm sure I saw him, I test, win a couple of aerial duels. Maybe he's working on it. Maybe he realises, maybe he's heard or read Tottenham Twitter where people say, Mickey van der Ven's great, but for a big bloke, he's not that good in the air. But maybe he's going to get there. Maybe that's it. I mean, he's a kid as well. He's, he's young for a Premier League footballer. Remember the name, the official Dutch account said of him. And uh, I mean, we ain't forgetting it anytime soon because he is, he's an astonishing player. Um, and he has allowed Christian Romero, who I'll talk about now, the, the ability to play in a way that is not having to worry about, you know, what his partner's doing all the time. That it means he can make those kind of runs up the pitch and play those balls. And Christian Romero, we saw it when he did make one of his kind of driving runs through the box. It looked like he'd kind of come up short. He got towards, he got to like the edge of Fulham's box. Looked like he kind of ran out of space. He was looking for an option behind him. And then he just turned the ball, turned it on a sixpence and just threaded that lovely ball through to, I want to say, I can't remember if it was Son or Kulisevsky, but... He threaded through like a beautiful, beautiful pass, beautiful ball through to one of them. Um, and nothing unfortunately came of it in the end, but it was a you know, it was a great opportunity for Spurs. And you know, I think we've seen Romero now grow and really show what because I mean, he's still young for a footballer. He's a young player, he's probably one of the most the mad thing is like he's one of our captains, so vis-a-vis -vis, he's one of the more senior members of the team, but he's still a young player, right? But again, it's worth remembering this is a player that's won a World Cup, played in a World Cup final against Mbappe, no less. So 
he's uh he's you know he's a uh, he's a talent he's unbelievable he's managed to get a lot of that petulance out of his game probably frustration with Conte previously probably frustration with whoever his center back partner was previously um you know obviously everybody's got to be in the, at the end of the day you need to be in, in check and in command of your own emotions and your own you know faculties but he uh he's now thriving he's thriving and he's you know the two of them that partnership looks like they've been playing together for years they're solid they're solid as they're unbelievable i mean it's got to be i mean i mean i think on paper right now they're one of the best defenses in the league right they're absolutely solid um pedro porro player i was very skeptical of at the start of this season would he fit in this system would he not he gets better week after week he goes from strength to strength um he's yeah he's starting to look like a player that cost us what 50 mil was it 50 million euros at least i think he's starting to justify that and people will say price tags are just price tags but you know players it's just the way it is isn't it you know you do sort of have to justify your price tag you do have to at least if it's not you know if it's not just as like black and white shall we say as the the value in isolation at least we can say this player cost a lot of money and there is a sort of there is a sense of expectation there there just is you know it's just how it works they they cost a lot of money they're probably getting paid a lot of money because they've shown previously that they're they're a great player um and Pedro Porro I think yeah I probably haven't given enough to the fact he joined Spurs at a pretty fractious time he's joined Spurs under a manager who really didn't like to play progressive football in the way that somebody like Ange Postacoglu does. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's great. <laughs> like he's really, really good. And I'm happy. I do. You know, I'm delighted every time a player that I've been skeptical of or not that, you know, glowing in refusive in my praise of mugs me off. Because that means Tottenham are doing well. And that's the important thing at the end of the day, isn't it? Right? It's not about Mr. Podcast Man's ego. Well, actually, I said this and I said at the start of the season, X, Y and Z. And actually, and just doubling down with these opinions that you have because it's more important that your ego remains in check, that your ideas or your predictions about something are proven right as opposed to just getting behind the team that you say you support and championing all of the constituent parts of that team. Um, and yeah, we all have our biases. We all do. But when some things are just staring you right in the face, and in this instance it is Pedro Porro is good, then, you know, let it go. doesn't matter. Hoybier, there's another player that there's been a lot of agendas about um, who has stepped in today, Basuma. I put him when I did the, the rankings with Sean in the last podcast. I put um Basuma as one of our one of our two A plus players, him and Madison. Um it's a big blow, big blow to lose Basuma after his sort of theatrics getting the red cards against Luton. But Hoybeer, considering he's played a bit part role so far this season, 
stepped into that team and has done amazingly well. He's played the ball. Um, Sean, who I've had on here before as well, not Sean Walsh, another Sean. Um, he was saying on Twitter that he's played the ball well in tight spaces. He's actually shown decent footwork. He's uh, he's he's sort of sprayed the ball about well. He's also got a kind of uh, a longer, more chip pass on him that we don't often see from Basuma that creates a different type of option for us. I'm not going to lie, I'm not as fond of that. I find, I thought, especially towards in the second half, I thought that pass in particular from Hoybier often went astray um, and often kind of just didn't allow for the same sort of momentum, that same kind of sweeping momentum that we get when Basuma's in the team. But I'm not here to criticise Hoybier today. He's done a great job. He's he's filled in amazingly well. However, when Basuma's back, I want him back at the first possible opportunity. So that's that's kind of that's how I feel about it. But Hoybier's done a great job. It'd be great if Hoybier fancied sticking around and being this kind of player who can fill in for us when we need him. But you know, it's an important part of his career now. He's at a sort of age where I'm sure he wants to be playing football. And He's good enough to be playing week in, week out for somebody in the Premier League, be that a Palace or somebody like that. So maybe that's the type of... I mean, there's some talk that he's going to go abroad as well, isn't there? I think Juventus are one of the teams that have been linked. You can probably see that. You probably actually see him doing quite well in Italy. Um, so, yeah, it would be a shame to see him go, but if we can get decent money for him, and I do think he should be worth decent money. I think he's got a few years left on his contract. I think the way the market is now... Spurs would be selling him for cheap if we sold him for anything less than 35, 40 mil. And I mean that honestly. Um, he's a good player. So, you know, if you want him, you got to pay up. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of him. Big fan, a big fan of him at least, what he's been doing this season, um, the way he's been filling in in this role. But Basuma for me is like, it's clear. Like, he's clear. Um Pape Matassar, again, I thought was great. I think he's, you know, he's a... He's, he's somebody that grows into the, into the team, right? I think he... These past few games, he's been a bit uncomfortable at first, right? And... I think it's taken him a bit of time to sort of grow into the game, grow into the pattern of play, grow into the kind of the pace of it sometimes. Um, but I still think once he's there, he's great and he makes up so much ground and he works so hard. And like I say, we continue to forget that this lad is 20 years old. He's 20 years old and I still just stand by the fact He's a 20-year-old midfielder playing for the team that is top of the league, has conceded very few goals and has scored a lot of goals. I, I think he's, I think, you know, I think Pape Matassar has got a huge future and we don't need to make any rash decisions about how good or not he is now because I think he's been brilliant. I think he is one of those players just because it's been going so well for Spurs. People are looking for at least something they can say is not so good. Um, and it seems to be, and I think rather unfairly, Papo Matassar has become 
that. But I think sort of to the point I was making previously where people don't want to revise kind of opinions they've had of somebody. They will say, okay, in the first half, he made a couple of whiffy passes and it's not gone his way completely. But they don't then want to look at the point of when he's grown into the game and he's actually started to feel settled. He started to pass the ball about nicely and just looks pretty much solid. He, he's... I think his his press resistance is is overlooked as well. I think he manages to retain possession very very well when he's pressed. I think he manages to kind of dribble the ball out of some very nice spaces. I think his use of space when he's not in possession of the ball is very very good. I think he's good at providing an option for the defence when they're trying. I, I noticed that several times that he gets himself into a good position for the ball to be able to be progressed out of our defensive pattern of play right where we're knocking the ball about playing those dangerous and ball passes around our own box and you can tell everybody's getting a bit nervous Pape Matasar is consistently for me one of those players that would drop back and provide a good value option and then drive the ball up the pitch get it out of that danger area and make sure we're back in command of the back in command of the ball back in command of the play and dictate what's going on and I think I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does. Um, but you know, I, I I think he's great, and that's you know that's where I am right now with him. Um, Richarlison, um, <laughs> it's becoming a bit of a, a a common theme with me and him, isn't it? That um, you know maybe. Not the biggest admirer of him, but I really like him as a guy. I think he's, you know, a really good guy. We obviously know he's he's obviously in his own head at the moment about his, you know, his his uh, his football. Um, he's had some issues off the pitch. They spoke about this a lot on the view from the lane, um, the yeah, the athletic podcast. They had a Brazilian journalist on there that explained a lot more about his kind of personal situation his mental health this kind of agent he's had that's been taking money from him so there has been distractions to him we do have to have understanding for that but still like I say I just don't think he's looking that good at all um I was pretty desperate to see Brian Hill come on actually um or Johnson actually Johnson I do want to see Brian Hill in this team though I want to see what he can do um and I think one of the things that really got me today, if I'm being comp- if I'm being like overly negative, if you feel I'm being overly negative about him, we were breaking away in the uh, in the second half. We were two 0 up still, but we were on a break, and he got he got a minor kind of knock on the side of the head. And when we were in possession of the ball in the opposition half, he was rolling around on the floor feigning an injury, and then we put the ball out of play, and he got up straight away. That's just dumb. Like, why are you doing that? Oh, I just come on, man. If you're gonna do this stuff, do it smartly. Use it. You know, like, if this is one of the weapons, one of the tools in your, I'm not gonna say arsenal in your inventory. Then do it. Do it well. Think a bit. Don't make Tottenham, who are on a break, your own team, put the ball out of play. Because you want to roll around on the floor holding your ear or something. Come on, man. 
Um, and he skied that shot, and I think, you know, was a couple of times his touch is a bit heavy, and it is what it is. You know, I, I, I'm holding hope that it may be one of those things where he gets a couple of goals and his confidence starts to come back a bit, but I was hoping it was going to be that after Sheffield United, you know, and it feels like he's regressing again a bit. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Decky, Dejan Kulisevsky, I mean, he's... He's an unbelievable player, isn't he? We've got levels to Susio, who's said on here that uh, Deki continues to show his relentless engine in class playing the full 90 minutes. He gets better and more confident as the opposition gets tired in the second half. I agree completely, mate. I agree completely with that as a sentiment for Deki. Um, his, I mean, his engine, that is something we talk about. We saw it in Luton. He doesn't stop running. He covers so much ground every single game. Um, I think Sean and I were saying he covers close to like a marathon in certain games or something like that. I think it's something pretty well, maybe not quite. I think it was like between like a half marathon and a marathon or something like that. Three quarters of a marathon. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, Still would like to see a little bit more spark from him in that in that final third, I think. And maybe he is just adapting his game to be more suited to what it is that Andrew Postacoglu wants from him. Um, but I think for the time being, look, it's all positive with Decky, right? I think there's always going to be room for improvement, right, with anybody. And yes, he can maybe be a little less predictable and... It would be nice if a few more of his kind of shots, his goals went in. Yeah, right. But he's providing a, a pretty selfless service for the team. Um, he runs so much. He links up well with Madison, links up well with Sonny, pretty much anybody in the in that an hour half. He orchestrates, he dictates play. He's uh he's a special, special talent. You forget how young he is as well, right? Players, I think he's younger than Phil Foden, you know. Um, we forget that, you know. He's a, he's a great player. He's a, he's a fantastic player. And uh, he's, you know, he's somebody that I think a lot of teams, a lot of top teams, I think, Dare I say, I even think somebody, and I'm not wishing our players away, I'm just saying this is the calibre of them. I even think somebody like Pep Guardiola would love to have his, like, get his hands on Kulisevsky. I think he's, he's, he's the sort of player that I think Pep Guardiola has basically deconstructed Jack Grealish and built him up into being, right? I think Kulisevsky is that kind of finished product. Um, in a way, I'm not. No, no, I'm not saying he's better than Jack Grealish. I'm not making a direct comparison. I'm talking about the style of play, the way in which they play football, um, the way we saw Jack Grealish playing football before, and the way we see him playing now is more comparable to somebody like Dejan Kulusevski. That's why I'm saying I think somebody like Pep Guardiola would love to get his hands on a player like Dejan Kulusevski. But it's good that um, you know, and just got his hands on him because. And as he says, he's only copying Pep anyway, or as Gary Neville said. Um, so, yeah, fantastic player. 
Still would like to see a little bit more from him in the final third, but, you know, that's just splitting hairs. That's kind of, you know, minute complaints about Decky at the moment because for the most part, he is good. Right, let's get on to the dream team. Let's get on to the dream double. The double rippers. James Madison. I mean, week by week by week, I am further astonished by the ability of that bloke. Um, look, we all we say this after pretty much every game of him. We all knew he was a good player, but we didn't know quite how good he was. And I still think that. I, I think he is. I think he is going up the gears since he's come to Tottenham. But I just, the way he drifts, the drifts through the opposition half, the way he like looks to take players on, he doesn't hide at all. He doesn't hide. Drifts past opposition players. It seems to be so hard to get the ball off of. He's so quick. He's so nippy. And his passing, his the way in which he reads the game, he does have that. We've spoken about this before. It's like he's got that kind of bird's eye view, like he's almost chucking his eyes up in the air and looking at the pitch from that top-down broadcast view. He's a... He's a wonderful, wonderful player. And I cannot believe... What did, what was it somebody tweeted earlier? Let me just have a quick look. Um, There's something to the effect of... Like in American... And I'm sure Americans, you may get this reference more than I do. Because um, I didn't fully understand it. But I found it funny. Um, which was... Oh, come on. Show me. This annoying thing. Do you know this annoying thing, right... Elon Musk, if you're watching. Why have you done this thing with Twitter, or X, as we call it now, when you go onto your own tweets and you can't just easily click on the engagement anymore? So, for example, you can't just look at who has... You used to just be able to click on the figure, the retweet number or the like number, and you could just see the list of who has liked it and all this and whatever. Um... I do see that there is a post engagement, but that's maybe why he's done it quite clean. Anyway, Shap, um, somebody called Caleb, um, Shish Sports Guy Forty One, guess Chicago that stands for. He said allowing Spurs to get Madison for thirty million plus Harry Winks is the sort of thing American leagues would change the rules to keep from happening again. I mean, I found that funny. I guess there's something there. There's probably more of a an NFL type element to that that has some precedent there um, or basketball NBA like, I'm not sure but I found it funny because I'm guessing it just means that Spurs being one of the lesser teams getting a great player that the powers that be would uh, seek to stop that from happening because it does seem mad that we got him for you know think about it <laughs> less than half of a Richarlison no, no actually that's, that's that's sort of shitty I don't want to do it. I don't want to start comparing players in that way um, comparing to anyone that is £60 million because half of that is worth double at least I mean if we if if say this summer right with Madison playing the way he is if somebody wants to buy Madison off Tottenham 120 mil at least we're not taking anything less than that the 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 fella's absolutely unbelievable. He's absolutely unbelievable, and it's 
Yeah, I get it. Not not every time a player works for every type of system or every type of manager, but the fact that Gareth Southgate cannot get it to work with Madison is just it's reminiscent of all those old England managers that you know didn't want to work with somebody like. And I don't remember this; it's before my time, but I've always heard no England managers used to want to work with Glenn Hoddle. They just didn't know how to use him. They didn't know how to you know to utilize his talents in the England team. Um. And it feels like Madison's quite a similar player in many respects. I'm sure if any of the older guards, any of the older guard who remember Glenn Hoddle, um, similar sort of players from the clips and stuff I've seen of Hoddle back in the day, he seems like a fairly comparable player to Madison um, in terms of the way he kind of, you know, strolls around the pitch, his type of passing, his elegance, just his ability. Um so yeah, maybe it's just one of those things. Cursed, cursed to be a good player for Tottenham Hotspur and not for the national team. Oh well. And Hummin Son, another, I mean, just another brilliant performance I thought from him today. I thought he was always a nuisance. I thought he was getting himself into good positions. A lovely finish. Uh, starting to get a bit nervous there before we scored that first goal. I thought Fulham are looking dangerous. We were squandering, or at least, we weren't squandering that many good chances. We were... Come, like we were dictating most of the play but we just kept knocking it around the opposition box and not playing that killer pass or getting that that killer ball through um, but we did and Sonny took that chance when it came and it wasn't the easiest of chances either um, but that moves him you know further up I think he'll probably still be the second highest scorer in the Premier League this season um, I mean what a season he's having brilliant brilliant player um, just a few shouts to the lads that came on. Oliver Skip, I thought he did a good job when he came on. Solid, similar to Hoybier. When he was called upon, he was dependable. He was good. Um, strong in the tackle as he always is. Good in the press. Few sloppy passes, um, but more more good than bad. Emerson Royale, Pieman18 said he felt that Emerson had a few ropey moments when he came on. I can't, honestly, mate, I can't actually really recall those. I thought Emerson was pretty decent when he came on. I did. Um, so I thought he did a good job. Um, I don't think, again, I don't think, I think he's one of those players that this system really, it's not that well suited to him, his skill set, his physicality. Um, and that's probably why we're not seeing much of him. But I think the opportunities he's getting, the times when he is coming in, he's doing an all right job. So I'm not looking to rush him out the door anytime soon. Um Gio Celso, he actually looked quite promising when he came on. And he's he's quick, isn't he? Forget, that's what, one of the things Charlotte commented on when we were watching. She was like, he's quick, isn't he? He's nippy. Forget. Forget how quick Lo Celso is. So he's good. Um, he's good in that break. He runs. He does run like Gareth Bale used to. That's one of those things, just like in terms of his, like, his stature, the way he moves, um, the way his arms move and stuff. He looks like Bale when he runs like that. I would just wish he did everything else like Bale. Um, that would be good, wouldn't it? But, you know, he's a player that obviously written off, but there is a player there. There's a player there in La Celso. And I'm just, I still want to see, like I was saying with Sean the other day, I want to see what he can do under Ange Postacoglu. I want to see more what he can do under Ange Postacoglu. So, you know, more more of what we saw tonight, please. Uh, Brennan Johnson, decent when he came on. I, I like him. 
he's an expensive player, an expensive acquisition, but he's young, he's quick, he wants to he he wants to be on in possession of the ball. Give me the ball. You know, he's never hiding. He's not hiding. Um he feels like he's a Spurs player already, right? Feels like he's settled, he doesn't look nervous, he looks confident, he looks like he's enjoying playing for Tottenham, he looks like he belongs. Like it sounds stupid, it sounds silly, but there are certain players like the kit suits him. Playing in that ground, it suits him. Like it looks like he's at home there. He doesn't look like kind of awkward or uncomfortable. Like, you know, it doesn't really look or feel like a Spurs player, you know? He he feels like a Spurs player, he feels like one of the team already. Um see I like that. I like him. Um and Phillies yeah, you know, he's he's young, isn't he? I think he's very young. He's playing in this team way ahead of schedule. Um mistimed his run a bit from that, that brilliant Lacelso run we were talking about, like surging through the up the pitch. He released the ball through to uh to Valise, who's mistimed his run. Um and he you know He's, he's still, I still think he's finding his feet. You know, he's finding his feet as a footballer in general anyway, right? Um, let alone in the Premier League, in a new country, everything like that. So give him a bit of time. Be mindful of the fact he's ahead of schedule. Um, and let's just hope we can see him kind of growing into being a, 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 you know, a very good, strong young player for us. And, you know, when if we I hear a lot like Jack Lang and Charlie Eccleshare wrote a piece for The Athletic about Villiers and his kind of aerial prowess if we play a few more balls and you know to him through the air then maybe we'll we'll start to see more from him it's just one of those things where it's a shame why uh, that we've lost out on Perisic now because he would have been perfect for that but you know is what it is is what it is um it's a, it's all a process it's all a process and throwing back to what I was saying in the first half of this pod, for anybody saying Spurs are this, Spurs are that, look, we're top of the table now, two points clear, in our first season under Ange, in a lot of these players' first seasons in the Premier League. This is just the beginning, and this is what we're doing already. So, you know, just bear that in mind. Bear that in mind. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. If you've watched live, thank you. Um, if you listen to this after the fact, then, you know, whatever. Cheers. Cheers for listening as well. Do have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash rtrpod. Um, got the Thursday pod on there with Phil, um, where we do a 20-minute bulletin of all the week's talking points, news headlines. I've got the monthly pod with Jack, Jack Gallagher, um, at Cowshow Loves Jack on Twitter, football writer, playwright, Derry City and Juventus fan, Gives us this kind of outsider's view, a bit of a sense check on what Tottenham are doing. Am I being too negative? Am I being too positive? I don't know. Let Jack decide for reasons. Um, it's funny, it's good. Talk to him a bit about film and TV on there as well. Um, and then I do the uh, the pre-match pods like this, but before the games, when I talk about a few of the match facts and my opinions, all that type of stuff on the pod. So yeah, RTR, uh, so, what is it? Patreon.com slash RTR pod. Sign up for that. Um, like I say, get on YouTube. I've got a TikTok, got an Instagram. I haven't really put anything on there for ages because I've just not had the time. I will put more stuff on there. Um, I do enjoy doing it. It's just finding the time. Um, you know, work comes in peaks and troughs and everything like that. But yeah, anyway, please do, like I say, subscribe to this if you're watching on YouTube. Um, 
like it, share, subscribe, all that type of stuff. If you listen to this uh, as a podcast, then you don't get off the hook. Please share it. Share it on Reddit. Share it on Twitter or X. Or if you still use Facebook, share it there and let all your, you know, racist aunts and uncles listen to it as well. Um, it's, uh, yeah, just share it. Let the pod grow. Let it continue to grow. And also still for the month of October, the pod is sponsored by Infinite Session. So um, alcohol-free beer. If you fancy a few tins midweek and you're, you know, you're, maybe you're doing Sober October or Stoptober, isn't it, I call it? Sober October or you just don't want to have you know alcohol during the week, or you just don't want to drink alcohol in general for health reasons or otherwise, um, and you fancy an uh, alcohol-free beer, Infinite Session's decent, um, very good. I was a fan of it. I approached Chris. We worked together on this for the podcast, and for this month, if you go on infinitesession.com, um, use the code RTR20, and you will get 20% off any orders um, on Infinite Session. So give them a go. Try them out. Um, but for now, come on, Spurs, up the Spurs. We're going to win the league. Can we? Will we?